London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3. On the FM dial is Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you until noon. We appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us as we get back to local programming here. Uh, for the next couple of hours, BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. If you like college basketball, you're going to be, well, you're in luck today. We've got a terrific lineup. Uh, two national talkers will join us. Uh, first up will be Matt Norlander, CBSSports.com. He's headed back to Indianapolis. I believe he's in Ruth as we're going to catch up with him. Matt Norlander uh, will uh, give us his thoughts on the first four days of the tournament and set us up uh, for the next four that will begin on Saturday. Saturday. Bill Bender's going to slide on in here, 1045. Sure, we'll do a little basketball with him, but he is the Sporting News' national college football writer. Uh, we'll pick his brain on Oh, some of the pro days, etc. Uh, some of the uh, local teams, what might interest them, the quarterbacks, etc. At 11.05, it's Wednesday. That means David Kaplan joins us. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for Cappy to be here. White Sox, Cubs, Bears... What else for Cap Pro, Loyola? Uh, I know that Cap had Porter, Porter Moser on his program, I think, Monday. So we'll get Cappy in here and we'll go over those topics. And then if you haven't had enough college basketball, Rob Doster will join us at 1125 from the field of 68. And we will do more college hoops in anticipation of Saturday, which on the surface seems like it's a long time. It is. I, I hate it. I hate the new schedule. I hate it. I'm over it. Okay. Uh, you're chimed yeah, in? Yeah, I, I just... Waiting this long to get to these Sweet 16 games? No, they should be starting tomorrow night. I'm an old man. I'm getting to be a curmudgeon, All right. and I hate it. I do not want change. I want my Sweet 16 games on Thursday and Friday. Uh, I think, Trent, if you were to poll the audience, you would your take would probably be the most popular of them all. I'm seeing a lot of that. I think Monday for a lot of people kind of spoiled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was into it um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know what the difference is taking Thursday off, taking Monday off, but it's just that wraparound. It's just there's yeah, something to it. Right. And you can maybe I'm going to work a half day on Thursday, then I'll take the afternoon off. Right. And, and then I got my full day on Friday and kind of go that route. But then I'm right, going to take off Friday and then we're going to start the next week and I'm already behind and I'm not going to get to work until Tuesday. <laughs> and then I don't have games to look forward to. Out. Yeah, no, no, no. It's too much. Did it, did it uh, maybe hurt the argument because the games on Monday were so lopsided? Well, that, that, that didn't help too. Right. right. There was nothing. All, if all it the... was wall-to-wall great basketball right. and we right. had buzzer beaters right. and we had upsets and we had everything and they were great games the conversation would be different. I think it would be. I mean, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday were terrific. There was a lot of intrigue coming down the, to the uh, final buzzer in a lot of the games, but that wasn't the case Mondays. We said yesterday, I think the closest game was eight. The most lopsided, what, what did Kansas get be, 34? Yeah, right. And the rest were 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there. So a lot of college basketball talk. But I think, Trent, um, that your 
take, not rewarded, but you're going to get your wish. Yeah. I, I do anticipate that uh, college basketball will go back to the, um, the the original format. And and I think there is a real chance that they're also going to play all those first four games as we saw this year. Well, that's Thursday. Yeah, play them, Put them Wednesday. Put on Wednesday. I love yes. it. Yeah. That was terrific. That might have been, uh, of the um, of the tweaks, mm-hmm. that might have been my favorite. Yeah, and I, I think, think it's it the one that works the best. Mm-hmm. It, it gave one single night to it where... You paid attention to 16 versus 16. Right. The Tuesday is just, it's so quick. That turnaround is, is there's already tournament game. It, yeah. it just didn't have that feel. Mm-hmm. You get to Wednesday, you put all those games together. I think it gives a great spot. to counteract your, your argument, um, I'm with you that you don't get a lot of time to set up Tuesday's games, but not having the Sweet 16 till Saturday, which is where college football normally sits, you've got that whole week to build up to the Sweet 16. Does that... Uh, make it a little easier? No, not, at not at all. Not at all. Okay, not by It that. just, it does. <laughs> You're set. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I don't want to see, I don't want to see this tweaked at the level. Mm-hmm. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect, but man, it's pretty good. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been terrific. I'm with you. And we know what the NCAA tournament is. I, I uh, retweeted an article this morning. I, I want to get your perspective on I know you glanced at it this morning. The NCAA tournament. piece? Yes. Mm-hmm. The importance of financially what the NCAA tournament is. I think most people that listen to us or, or know sports and NCAA sports in general know that this is the cash cow. This is it, yes. <laughs> because remember, football, that money is going into the pockets of a guy in some orange blazer down in Phoenix mm-hmm. and another one in a mm-hmm. bright orange one in, in Miami. Game. It is. That's where that money's going. It's not going back to the institution schools. Now, I want to be a bull rep when this gig's over. That's how I want to spend the final years of my working life as a bull rep. The Vegas Bowl? Wow. Yeah. Not bad. Never yeah. thought of that. All right. So speaking of that, I got I got I haven't told you this yet, but I'm taking some time off. You are. I'm taking some time off. Was it Nate that called yesterday that stayed mm-hmm. at the Flamingo? Yes. About this time he called in yesterday. He got my juices flowing. You're going. I'm going. You got one shot in the arm. Yep. Second on its way. Yep. And I'm going to guess you're going to go there. You going Derby week? No, the week after. The week I think after. Maybe it's two weeks out. May May the 11th. Cindy's kids are coming home. Uh-huh. I'm eating my son in Vegas. Awesome. I know this is a trip that you have wanted to do well, for a long time. Well, we had it time. planned last year when right. COVID got us. Right. My son lives in uh, Sandpoint, Idaho. Uh-huh. Uh, he flies out of Spokane. That's uh, And it's... Um, I, I see him once, once, once a year, and I haven't seen him in eighteen. Like a lot of people, right? Just not me. It's a lot of people. So Nate called yesterday and started talking about Vegas and how Vegas is coming back. And so I was driving home yesterday, and I I, I called him and said, um, "It's time. Your old man's ready to <laughs> to come out of hiding." And so we're going on. I think it's May the eleventh. Uh, May the eleventh. I'm going to stay all week. It was just a long time, but I, I haven't seen him, and I can't get enough of him. And mm-hmm. um, and he loves it. That's awesome. So That's... we're going to stay at the. Um, I think we're staying at the Mandalay Bay end of the strip. So mm-hmm. there's a hotel that's attached to the Mandalay Bay. It used to be called the Hotel. Okay, which is a really weird name. The Hotel. I stayed there. I probably stayed there. More nights than any other property in Las Vegas. But you walk through like a little tube, and you're, as soon as you come out of the tube, you're in the Mandalay Bay, and you're right at the sports book. And the Mandalay nice. Bay sports book is, it was, I don't know if it still is, um, it's big, mm-hmm. um, great TVs. I mean, for the longest time, Vegas, I never understood this, was so late to the HD party. 
You know that. Yes. And, and speaking of the Flamingo, which I stayed for a number of years it's, it's in our so annual nice. guys trip. Yeah. But the TVs were very well behind. It's single deaf. Yeah. What's going on here? You know, the uh, the pool area at the Flamingo is just oh, spectacular. Yes. And the, and if you can get a room facing the strip, you're overlooking the Bellagio Fountains at mm-hmm. night, which is, if you, if you haven't been or if you haven't had the opportunity to watch those. So anyways, uh, thank you, Nate. That's great. Uh, you got me going. And um, baseball and a Bud Light for you, and you'll be hockey starts. I think the next oh, night the playoffs. And wow. my son's uh, my son's gal um, live in. I don't know what do you call them. Significant other. There you go. Uh, Marissa is a huge, and I love this about her. I love a lot of things about her. Vegas Golden Knights fan. Oh, really? So they're they're uh, they've got fans in the building. So. Maybe the three of us will get over to a playoff game, but I'm just excited to get on an airplane. Um, last time I was on an airplane, and I've told this before, was when you're on Southwest and you're watching TV, and every single channel very quickly flipped to the um, tragic news of Kobe Bryant. Oh, passing. yeah. That's the last time I was on a plane. But it's time to get back to Vegas. It's time to get going again, and uh, away we'll go. So thank you, Nate. If you happen to be listening this morning, you were the one that lit that fuse. I'm getting on a plane, and I'm going to meet my son. We're going to eat, drink, gamble, watch sports, fire at some horses. <laughs> oh, man. That will be fun. Normal. I also will be gone that weekend. That's the weekend, the weekend that I'm going to. So hang on a second. Maybe I should have talked. <laughs> so will you be back Monday? I'll be back Monday. Oh, good. I'll be back Monday. I will be gone from Friday's show. We'll, we'll figure fine. out what we're going to do for yeah. Friday show that day we got plenty of people we can well throw fr- out of friday the what day friday the what would that be the prior to the 11th no the 14th oh i'm gone yeah as will i but oh, we'll geez. figure it out that didn't work out well <laughs> that's all right you know i i think after uh, a year of what we went through i think we deserve a, a day off for both of us yeah. right I, other than being sick the couple of days i've yeah. been i'm taking it well not anyways um so That's going to be fun. Back. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. I can't wait, and I can't wait to report back just how Vegas uh, is coming back. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Hopefully, we'll get back there in September to watch uh, UNLV and Iowa State. That's the plan, right? That's the plan right now. That's on the drawing board. So it'd be um, it'll be fun. I, and I know that if you're a if you're um, I don't want to tip people off because I think a lot of folks are like me waiting for Southwest to post their September schedule. Uh-huh. They're only two. I think it's August the sixteenth. And as soon as, because snap them up. It's a great flight. It's, you're in, watch TV the whole way. I think it's what, three hours? Yeah. You land, boom. Um, anyways. That's so, how I'm getting to Arizona that week. Are Southwest. You? Yeah, got it. Through where? Denver or no, through Vegas? Shot. Oh, they fly, that's right. They fly Phoenix now, don't straight they? Straight shot both ways. And it was and like, what are you going there for? Uh, my cousin's bachelor party. Is there, are the D backs in town? I haven't looked yet. We're, uh, we're golfing a couple of days. I know that yeah. we got an Airbnb. Well, Two. One for, he's young. He's like nine years younger than me. Yeah. Him and his buddies. And then us older guys, me and my, actually my uncles and, right. and older cousins, right. we got our own Airbnb because I don't know if we're going to be able to hang with those young bucks anymore. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll maybe for a night or two. Right. Uh, but then it catches up to you as I'm assuming Vegas will catch up uh, to me by, that's <laughs> by a Friday long night. Time. Oh, and, and if your Jets are winning in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and I may, Trent, I've got some um, my, my full-time job business to do, so mm-hmm. I may duck into California at the end of it. Oh, so I might okay. be gone for, like, well, uh, from Des Moines, leave Monday, come back Sunday. Maybe. 
Yeah. Anyways, we'll see. Uh, so that's uh, that's the show today. Got a lot of college basketball coming up. Look forward to uh, speaking with both uh, Matt Norlander from CBS, of course Rob Doster from the Field of sixty eight. Uh, good stuff on them. Bill Bender and of course Cappy. Spring training uh, is almost to its end. The Cubs finally, and I say finally. I mean, I don't think it was a um, a secret. I don't think that David Ross had a difficult decision that he was going to make. But uh, he finally named Kyle Hendricks the starter. But we'll do, you know, we'll do White Sox. We'll do Cubs. We will do uh, the Bears uh, with uh, with with David Kaplan. The um, mock drafts continue to point to the Bears taking Mac Jones. What, what's the infatuation? I think Trent, it's the fact that he wins or won, and I get that everybody wins at Alabama. Yeah, but you're playing against the you're playing against really good competition too. I mean, not every week. But once you get to the playoff, look, last year, last year, Tua, what were Tua's numbers compared to Jones? Do you know? At, at their senior year at Alabama? I would guess similar. Now, Tua, it was hurt. At the very end. Yeah. Right. But he had Smith, Heisman winner, Waddle, Ruggs, first round pick, Judy, first round pick, and Mac Jones only. And he's playing with a bunch of schlubs out there. Come on. No, but he had four first-round picks two years ago. Tua did. Yeah. And Mac Jones's numbers were equal. But do you, whose strength of schedule is more difficult? Uh, we, we really, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. Right. I would say it's probably a push. It's Alabama football. You would football. assume so. I just, what What about, take take that away. Take away that his stats were better than Tua, because I don't know if Tua's going to be a great NFL no, I don't think he is. <laughs> so what is going to make Mac Jones a great NFL quarterback? Uh, I think he's accurate. Mm-hmm. I think he's uh, he anticipates. I think he's willing to throw it into win. I think he's played at a lot better competition than Trey Lance, than Wilson. Um, Justin Fields obviously played against a high level of competition, but I, I just I don't know what your um why you, why you just can't. You're not willing to even listen to you. I'm Mac not. Jones. I'm not because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything. I've watched a lot of Mac Jones football. Well, or do you have Bears quarterback? Just that. Well, that, that that's definitely part of it too. Mm-hmm. Because whatever they're going to do, it, it won't be right. Right. So I mean, there's been many of opportunities, yes. many of uh, swings and misses. But when I look at Mac Jones and watching Mac Jones and probably watching, I don't know, 20 of his games throughout his career, there's never a moment where I said, "Boy, gotta Mac get Jones. him." Yeah, Mac Jones. Yeah, he was the one that made that play. He's the one. That ball whistles when it comes out of his hand. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't run like Lawrence. He no. doesn't run like uh, like Fields, obviously, like Trey Lance. Trey Lance is the of the of the five quarterbacks that. Well, there's gonna be four for sure. I think in the top ten, don't you? Don't you? Four, four in the top ten. I'm not deep enough into it now. Boy, I'm starting to get into it now yeah. that we got this week. Although, you know what? The last couple of days, Trent, um, I, I found myself watching uh, both the both the in-state women's basketball teams. Yeah, and I, and I want to ask you about this, about Caitlin Clark, because my God, she can shoot. How, did they not win every game at Dowling when she was on? Didn't didn't have a whole lot of depth. Is that of what talent. it was? And and well, you've heard me talk about you know Waukee and Johnston yeah. and, and those programs, and those programs have. A multitude of D1 players. Because I'm then, guessing she just didn't learn to shoot this summer. No, no, not at all. Right? She's been doing this. The first time I really, my eyes were open to her was her sophomore year. 
of high school, and she made a comeback against Waukee in the field house in Waukee. Best comeback I've seen boys or girls basketball in my years of calling basketball. So, so what? What? Tell us about it. Well, she uh, had 11 points, I think, in the last minute of the game. She really? forced overtime. She hit a 26 footer as a sophomore yeah. with a hand in her face to force overtime. She's stealing it. She is. She was a different level at that point, and it just continues. You look at her, and she shows out right away, and she. She's, she's just got different. three more years of her. She's just right. There's there's no one and done. There's no right, leaving early right. to make fifty thousand dollars playing in the just WNBA. Started Megan Gustafson. She had a hell of a career. Yes. Yeah. What? what how are you going to compare these two when it's all said and done? Well, and, I mean, I get they're different players. Right. Right. And the scoring is going to be different. The assists are going to be different. What I really do wonder, though, and, and you look at like the Jones sisters at Iowa State, yeah. who are really really good, all American good. But Caitlin Clark is transcendent. And watching all throughout the evening yesterday as I was watching the college, the women's bracket go through and watching some UConn, she's a conversation piece of every game. Trent, Kevin Durant's tweeting about her. <laughs> yes. Scott Van Pelt is opening Sports Center about her last night. And she's a freshman. That's and, right. And, and you wonder, because though the gap is not as significant, where for years and years, it was UConn or Tennessee and that was it. Mm-hmm. And then... Notre Dame started to get in there, and Baylor, and mm-hmm. now we have South Carolina. And mm-hmm. we, there's realistically eight to ten teams that can win a national championship yep. now program. Not on a year-to-year basis, but for the Is most Tennessee part. Tennessee falling back, I mean, off the They club. got beat by Michigan yesterday in the round Did of 32. They? But, I mean, has it fallen significantly since Summit yes. passing? Yeah. They're, they're not a perennial top-five right. team anymore. Right. They're a top-25 team, mm-hmm. but not at that level. Mm-hmm. But you have more depth now. You have more of those teams. Jeez. And with Caitlin Clark and the pub she's getting, is she going to get a couple of those players? Is she going to be able to do the recruiting and get a couple of those girls that are the National League players? Come, come play with join me. her to, come to come play jo- for Blue? Be- because that wow. is still going to be the difference. As good as she is, right. they're at their level. They're, they're going to play UConn over the weekend. They're probably going to get beat by 20, mm-hmm. and maybe 30. And how many will she get? And she might get hers, or mm-hmm. they might do everything defensively, get the ball out of her hand, and she'll struggle one way or the other. They're going to get beat because UConn, has a Caitlin Clark of their own, a great freshman, one of the most talented freshmen to come through in the last five years, coupled with seven or eight. guard each other, by the way? Do they play they the same are, position? Yeah. They're awesome. both point guards, yeah. Good. But it's McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah. you got seven or eight of them versus one at Iowa. Can Iowa get those two, three, four extra players to get to that next level? That's going to be the question. And that's what makes this so much different than college basketball on the men's side. Because if we were talking about the men's side, She's gone. Mm-hmm. So does does it seem to you like it does to me? And, and the women's basketball this tournament, there's been more of a spotlight shone on it than ever before. It seems like that's the case to me, and, and may, maybe it had to do with that um, uh, that one woman who tweeted the the well, the, the, the gym right yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the workout the weight facilities. Room. Yeah, yeah, I mean it was, it was come on, that's embarrassing. Um, and, and then somebody else tweeted the swag that the guys got mm-hmm. as opposed to what was in the women's swag bag i mean come on it's a joke it is it, it's a huge and difference. apparently they weren't allowed to use the logo on the floor see i'm so again just so many hours in the day right mm-hmm. and men's basketball moves the needle and and this is why i think the women's sports sadly are going to have a difficult time getting a foothold and they have this this season more so than others is because it's not a it's not a good talker. Yeah. Well, I mean, you really have to be into it and know it. And yeah, with any sport. And the gonna, same thing with wrestling. You don't get into wrestling way. at all. 
Right. I, I, I argue with you from time to time. It's big in this state. Mm-hmm. It's no, important. I, I get it. I totally get it. And same thing with women's basketball. And when Iowa and Iowa State are good, like they are this year, it does matter. Mm-hmm. Does it matter the same at the men's level? No, it doesn't. Does it matter the same with football? Of course not. But there is still a place for it here. And and that's something, too, going forward when you got the Joneses coming back next year at Iowa State. And they're going to be preseason top 15. Same thing for Iowa next year. You know, how much more the profile is raised. The NCAA, they do a lot of things wrong. Mm-hmm. But the women's tournament, they have done right for a very long time. And Well, there's still, there's still some deficiencies we just pointed out. Well, I mean, the weight room, come on. The, but the weight room... The reason that weight room is there is because they're playing in the same place as the Indianapolis Colts. That's not the case in San Antonio. There's no NFL team in San Antonio. No, that's true. It's not apples and oranges. But it was a pretty big space because they showed the space that was just, there was nothing in it. Because the Colts have hundreds of those things already in the building. Yeah. Do you think the Roadrunners of San Antonio, UT San Antonio, have those kind well, of... Well, they had to have more than the, than the uh, I don't know what you call it, a little rack of... You know, two pound weights seemingly. And I just, what, I think that like was two yoga mats. There's plenty of things to rip the NCAA. I don't think that was one of. Is them. the logo? Is the lack of the, the the ability to use the logo? Well, and it's just the March Madness moniker. That's all it is. Right, but why couldn't they have used that before? I don't. Who cares? I, I don't understand one way or the other why think, it's a problem. I, you know what I think it is, Trent? I think that they're, they're, they're shining a spotlight on the differences between the two. Look, I get it. The men's tournament makes all the money. It does. It makes 90% all the money. of the operating budget for absolutely. the NCAA comes from the men's With, tournament. Without a doubt. I absolutely get it. But when they show the guys and their, their beds are full of stuff that they took out of Santa's sack, you know, the, the, the swag bag, and then you see what the women got. It's like they get three things. I know maybe that's not the way you judge one against the other, but it seems like it's pretty unfair. What's the bag that they get for the volleyball tournament? What's they just had the great question? The swimming national championship. Yeah, great question. And, and well, more than those things don't generate any money, though. Right, they don't. Mm-hmm. And overall, do you think this women's tournament's going to generate? You know, money? I looked. I look, and it was more than I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's the nowhere TV near. Did. Yeah, it's nowhere near the men. Um, I think it was a. a um, Georgia Tech coach, maybe. Yes, yes, absolutely. It was, yeah. Uh, she, yeah, she, she wrote. She's the, been tweeting and writing absolutely, a lot. Absolutely, that, yeah. and that's where I saw. And social media has been very good to the the, the message that the women want to get out there mm-hmm. during this tournament. They've amplified it. Um, I think it probably needed to be amplified. Look, I don't think that it's going to cause a lot of. There's only so many hours in your viewing day, right? Yes. You're going to watch men's basketball. For some of you, some of you are like me. I'm going to watch my Jets yeah. or your Wild or whoever your hockey team is, or if you're an NBA fan, or you might have a sickness and you're watching the CBI. <laughs> How'd you do yesterday? And I went 0 and 2 uh-huh. because Coastal and you Carolina bet Kentucky can't. to beat your Lady I Hawks. Did, I did 0 and 3 day yesterday. Jesus. A rough one. Get off to a slow no start. No wonder on that. you're pissed off that there's nothing until Thursday. <laughs> I need something to get back on there. No, we got the CBI championship game tonight and the NIT tomorrow. Yes, quarterfinals back in tomorrow. Four games. It has been weird this week, right? Uh, w- without that, anyways. Matt Norlander coming up. Bill Bender's coming up. We've got in the eleven o'clock hour coming up. Our only opportunity to put fourteen hundred dollars or give you an opportunity to win fourteen hundred dollars in the keyword. It happens only four times a day. Uh, if you're used to this happening on an hourly basis. Uh, it used to, and I believe it will again, but this was kind of a bonus couple of week promotion here uh, that iHeart came up with. And we will give you a keyword in the 11 o'clock hour, Murph and Andy in the two, the Fanatics in the four, and then the morning rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. or in the 6 o'clock hour. By the way, speaking of the morning rush, Trent, 
I almost fell out of my chair. The picture of Sean Roberts on the random college athletes. <laughs> did you see that? I did, yeah. So how in the world, I mean, it's, it, it's an appropriate title uh-huh. yeah. uh, for the Twitter account. So I guess they, they find pictures of mm-hmm. random college athletes and it wasn't like Sean requested his no, pic- no. So, so somebody, so somebody found Sean Roberts. Somebody follows this account. Mm-hmm. Did you know it existed? No, no. How would you, right? Right. And, and Sean, from his days at Grandview, what two thousand ten, two thousand eleven? I thought, I thought it was photoshopped when I when I first saw it. Looks like a goober. But it's him. It's him. It's absolutely him. He's got the Pedro Strope uh, hat going on. <laughs> Oh, it was, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Good for, uh, good for him. Anyways, uh, ten twenty-five. Matt Norlander coming up. Bill Bender will get into college football and some college basketball with Bill. Uh, get his pecking order on the draft eligible QBs. I guess after number one, because there's not a lot of intrigue or drama as how that's going to fall. Uh, we're with you until noon. David Kaplan joins us in. 40 minutes on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 107. in all states or situations. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. on the FM dial. Take you until noon. Bill Bender, Sporting News, coming up uh, in about 45 minutes, working on Matt Norlander from CBSSports.com. I I knew he was traveling this morning. Mm -hmm. He tweeted he was headed his way back to Indianapolis. He's on a call with the boss right now. He just texted me. Gotcha. Uh, That sounds a little scary. Yeah. 13-hour drive, right? Really? Yeah. Trent, you tweeted this this morning. What, uh, the the uh, twenty everything's so, so many anniversaries, right? Yeah. I, uh, did you get a card, by the way, for the seagull that uh, was it a pigeon or seagull that Randy Johnson killed or a bird? I don't know what. I the mean, bird. that was a bird, but right I, now that you say that, I, talk I'm about not, timing is everything, right? In yeah. life and in this case, in death. Uh, there, that's not the only incident of that. Are you aware of the other one of a bird getting hit yes. by a ball? I've never been so embarrassed to be a Canadian. Honest to God. I think this was my most embarrassing Canadian moment in my life. Well, I believe I, it happened in Major League Two, the movie, but this is probably not where you're going. No. Okay. This happened at a Blue Chase game. Dave Winfield, I don't remember the year. He wasn't a Jay at the time. I don't remember who he was with. Warming up prior to, uh, prior to uh, you know, uh, middle of the game, I don't know, whatever. He throws the ball back in towards the dugout because it's, you know, batter up. Yeah. <laughs> And killed a seagull. Honestly. Didn't aim at the seagull. Killed a seagull. Game ends. Into the clubhouse. Walk the authorities. What? They arrested Dave Winfield for killing a seagull in Toronto. Look it up. That's honest to God. Most embarrassing moment as a Canadian ever, I think. And that been a lot. <laughs> that... that um, and he was actually charged. He was actually charged. With what crime? With, Animal cruelty? I guess. I don't remember the particulars other than the fact it was Dave Winfield. It's in the middle of a baseball game. And he throws the ball in uh, because whatever inning was about to was about to start, the Jays were coming to the plate. 
and he happened to hit a bird. The bird died. I think the Humane Society uh, got involved, and Dave Winfield. Now, did it get as far as court? You know what? I'm going to get John in here. I got I got to Google this. Now it's driving me nuts. <laughs> uh, John, welcome to the program. How are you? Which bird do you want hi, to talk hi, about? Hi, ITC. How are you? Good. Good. What's good word, man? Uh, you're on the air, John. What's going on? I, I know. Hey, he was with the Yankees. He was with the Yankees. Okay. I'm. I, I know he played for my Twins for a while. Yeah. But I, I, I remember the incident you're talking about. He was with the Yankees. And he was charged, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. He was. I don't think. I think he was just probably just find and let go, basically. But yeah, he was. There were, he was charged. Yeah. That was. <laughs> that was quite a quite a debacle, anyway. But yeah. I'm, you're right. Thank you, Dad John. I appreciate the call. Thank you for listening. You're welcome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> just uh, this just a disappointing fact. It's on the 20th anniversary of Randy Johnson. Matt Norlander's off the phone. He's with Miller and Condor. We're going to get back inside the tournament. Told you. I knew I you, wasn't you making that, that. I did. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Uh, Matt Norlander joins the program. Matt, uh, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on and giving, giving us a few minutes. Uh, Matt, just uh, to pick up where we started the show, Trent is... Uh, Totally against this wraparound Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Now, we're both in agreement that we love the way uh, that the first four played out. The fact that they were in the spotlight one night. I don't think that we've ever paid as close attention to 16 versus 16 for the most part. Uh, the country did uh, when they were all together that night. Where are you on Friday through Monday? And can you, can you see this continuing as the new format going forward? Or are they back to where they always have been? Um... I, I love, okay, so, uh, and great to be with you, gentlemen. I'm literally driving in the middle of Pennsylvania, making my way to Indianapolis for the tournament. So hopefully my service remains good, and I'm in a rental car, and I've never uh, dealt with this Bluetooth system. So hopefully, hopefully I'm coming clear for you. Loud and clear. Um, I love it. Okay, so the first four, that was my immediate thought here. Uh, when, when I saw it play out, I said, yeah, we got to do this on one night going forward. It's just, it brings more of a tournament feel, more relevant, uh, more interest to the 16 games. You pat them around the number, uh, the number 11 or 12 seeds, depending on how that, uh, that breaks out there. And so I hope that they will do that going forward. Um, as for how it leads into the weekend, I don't think they're going to go to a Friday, Monday, Permanently, not that they wouldn't necessarily do it, but uh, I, I think they still prefer to have that first, like to have the week, the two weekdays, Thursday and Friday, to be built around daytime basketball leading into the night, and then you get the second round that's wrapping up on that Sunday. Um, that would be my guess. Anything I guess is on the table. What I think is the more likely change going forward, if they can maneuver this is that when we go back next year, you'll have, unfortunately, the way that the, the, the stuff has been booked, our, our hope of a first four on one day, that will be like three or four years away at the earliest because they already have a schedule going forward. But I hope that this can change it. We'll see. But could they have a situation where the Sweet 16 permanently has every single one of its games in a standalone television window? Uh, that will be interesting to see if they decide to do that and if they do, in a normal year, you know, this year we have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Do they stick with that plan, or do they do something where it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like always, and the Sweet 16 games are 
standalone, but, you know, you have them start in the afternoon on a Thursday or Friday. I don't have the answer for you on that, but I'm interested to see how the national reaction is and, of course, the ratings with the Sweet 16 games and these. Uh, the Elite Eight always standalone. Sweet 16, because it's on a weekend this year, uh, they don't overlap like they normally would on a Thursday and Friday night with two starting in the 7 o'clock hour and then the other two, you know, back end of the 9 o'clock hour. Matt, want to get your perspective here on the local front on Iowa, out in the round of 32, uh, once-in-a-generation type of player in Luka Garza, National Player of the Year. Yet that's all that they get to. Upsets happen. We, we see it again in this tournament, obviously. That Oregon team, though, ran them out of the gym. Where do you think this Iowa program is now going forward? 11 years of Fran McCaffrey. How do you see the future of Iowa basketball? Well, the question is, is what we saw with Iowa this year the apex under Fran McCaffrey? Not that it won't get to a tournament again and make a Sweet 16 or Elite 8. Of course that could happen. But big picture, Iowa had its best player in school history, you know, have a player of the year season this season, which was the projection, and Luca obviously lived up to that. Best player ever to wear uh, an Iowa uniform. And in the process, Iowa was nationally relevant at a top 10 level for most of the season. Can this kind of season be duplicated for Iowa uh, under Fran going forward next year, three years from now, five years from now? I certainly think it's possible because once you are able to get to this point, then getting back there while difficult is certainly achievable because you've done it, you can see it. Um, Will they ever have a player as good as Luca Garza again? That's a hard ask. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. (laughs) Is Fran McCaffrey going to recruit and coach uh, both the best player and second-best player in Iowa basketball history? Not impossible. Obviously not likely there. Nationally, um, I still think the program will be relevant. Now, the roster next season and who does and doesn't decide to come back will we'll mm-hmm. factor in into how Iowa stacks up overall. But in a weird way, I'll just tell you this, um, Iowa losing the way that it did to a really good Oregon team combined with how the collective Big Ten didn't play well, um, and the Big 12 didn't play well either, by the way. It only has one team in the Sweet 16 as well. Uh, Iowa you know, got let off the hook just a little bit here. If, if it had been a situation where Ohio State was in the Sweet 16 and Purdue was in the Sweet 16 alongside Michigan and Illinois, but Iowa wasn't there, then it would be receiving more heat. Instead, it's just it's one of many that underachieved in the NCAA tournament. Um, but I, I do think that going forward, they still have, they've got a pretty good shot at, at being a top 25-level club, but I, I, I'm interested to see if, if there is a significant recruiting boost or not for Iowa after what it was able to do this year. Yeah, watching the Oregon guards, the three guards uh, in the starting lineup, outscore Iowa's starting lineup, three guards, 63 to nothing. I don't think I've ever seen that before uh, at any level. So anyways, let's move on to Iowa State. T.J. Otzelberger, uh, I know it didn't surprise a lot of folks in the national media as that rumor had been out there since, what, Matt, the middle of February or thereabouts, but T.J. Otzelberger, it's official. Your thoughts on Steve Prohm's replacement at Iowa State? Yeah, I uh, that there was some some rumblings about that, and then um, some clear indications behind the scenes that that's where the, that was headed. Uh, about seventy-two hours, I guess, before they made it official. But TJ uh, knows the program well; he's from the area. I think Iowa State fans uh, certainly embrace him because he's got a chance to get that school and that team to a level that pretty close, if not exactly where it was at under. Fred Hoiberg there. In fact, you know, Prohm, I understand why he had to go. It was just a, it was a brutal, brutal season. But 
Uh, even Prome had some some fairly solid success early on there. Osselberger will recruit well. Um, he is uh, he is a coach who is certainly holds his players accountable, but he is a very uh, he's a practical man with a good worldview who I think can compete and stack up in a very good league of coaches. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. But if you want to look at a big picture, consider this. Um, we don't know whether or not Oklahoma State will have a postseason ban next year. We don't know whether or not Kansas will have a ban next year or the year after and what's going to wind up happening uh, with, with that program. Kansas State's future is just a little bit murky here. Are they in a, a little bit of a period of transition? Uh, we know that TCU has a really good coach, but it has not yet been able to capture some momentum, so we'll wait and see on all of that. Long Kruger, I think, would probably have a maximum of three more years coaching. That's just my estimation. That's not anything that I've been told. It's just I, I feel like he's probably entering into his final years of coaching. So Oklahoma could um, you know, bring in a new coach as well. My point is, if you look around the league, there's window here for Iowa State in a period of about two years to enter back into relevance and to be performing as a top six team in a 10-team league. It's obviously not guaranteed. Uh, very few hires are guaranteed. I am out of the business of <laughs> declaring pretty much anything as a home run hire. Uh, Archie Miller, I think, yeah. taught everyone a lesson in that regard. Talk it's with a sensible uh, hire for Iowa State, and uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. Matt Norlander joining us, CBSSports.com. All right, we get four games on Saturday to get this Sweet 16 going. All of them, pretty significant favor, more six points or more in all four of those games. What underdog? in your mind, has the best chance of pulling the upset on the Saturday slate? I give me Syracuse. It's got to be, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, I, I want to be clear here. Uh, Oral Roberts has a real shot. They do. And that can be I, – I can so see that game. And, I, I'm again, I'm, I'm driving my way to Indianapolis right now. I'm eager to be in the building there. I could see that game being a four-point game with two minutes to go. But you asked me to say the best chance, I'm going to tell you that Syracuse, which has been here before, made a Final Four as a double-digit seed, going up a Houston team that's had some trouble scoring. That's the team, I think, objectively that has the best shot of of, of all the underdogs on Saturday, and really of all the double-digit seeds this weekend, Mm -hmm. to pull off an upset there. Buddy Beheim's been been absurd as of late. than a top 10 player in America, basically. Yep. So that's the choice. Weirdly enough, though, I feel like the Syracuse-Houston game might be the, I don't know, I feel like that might be the least compelling game nationally of any matchup this this weekend there. Um, I think in part because Syracuse just hasn't been good most of this season, and most people don't know all that much about Houston. Right. But uh, a nice juxtaposition there, because I do think that's the best chance of an upset happening. Uh, let's let's go to Sunday, and Matt. I don't know where you were prior to the uh, tournament uh, tipping off. Uh, I I just I mean, it's clearly Gonzaga was an overwhelming favorite, and, and I still feel like they're the best team. But boy, I don't have. I'm not as confident as I was, knowing that if they get by Creighton, that the winner of USC Oregon awaits. USC's been unbelievable with Mobley's uh, Oregon. We watched them run Iowa out of the gym. Do you are you as confident as the Zags getting to the championship game as you might have been? Pretty much. I mean, I my bracket is just like yours, I'm sure. Taking some just terrible body blows here. But the one uh, 
the one Elite Eight game that was a little bit of a surprise pre-tournament start that I picked that has a chance is Gonzaga versus USC. So I had uh, I had USC getting past Kansas, and I had USC beating Iowa. And I do think that Oregon would pose a better challenge for Gonzaga. So, yes, there's a chance that Gonzaga could get knocked off before it makes the Final Four. But I'm not... I'm not all that dissuaded. I mean, it was a 33-point favorite in its first game, and it covered that spread. It was a 14-point favorite against an Oklahoma team that at one point was ranked seventh in the country. It covered that spread. And now it plays a Creighton team that is just better than in many, many facets. So I don't expect Gonzaga to get a challenge. I mean, it could get a challenge. That's not the right way of putting it. I don't think it will be threatened with a loss before it reaches the Final Four, though. Good stuff, Matt Norlander. Appreciate you coming on. Drive safely. Enjoy the weekend. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. CBSSports.com for Matt Norlander. CBSSports.com. Bill Bender from the Sporting News Next. Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106. This March. Hi, Miller & Condon. Welcome back. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. A few minutes late with Bill, so let's get right to him. We take you until noon. David Kaplan kicks off. Our number two, Bill Bender, an Ohio grad. How about those Bobcats? Uh, boy, it was a thrill watching them beat Virginia. You must have been going out of your mind watching that game, Bill Bender. How are you? Yeah, it was a nice um, dose of March Madness, if you will. I know that's probably not the right word choice, but it was a, a lot of fun, you know, watching them win that game. And then, you know, Creighton, they just got in a stretch there where Creighton got them. It was all yeah. part of an unpredictable weekend. And, and as we look into the second weekend, I mean, the Pac-12 has got to be the lead story. No doubt about it. And that uh, I think the best game, uh, the, certainly the game I'm looking for uh, most forward to, uh, USC and Oregon. USC, we saw them beat Drake in the uh, first uh, night of the tournament. And then obviously um, watching them go through and watching what Oregon did to Iowa, I think that's got to be a chance to be unbelievable theater bill bender does it seem like this to you and i want to save some time for college football but knowing that we're down to 16 teams i i still believe gonzaga is eventually going to prevail i wasn't sold on baylor until i've watched them in this tournament and they're playing defense again seemingly they um had some catching up to do after their covid shutdown are we headed to baylor gonzaga I think so. I mean, those are the two most consistent teams left in the tournament. Um, high scoring teams and watch Gonzaga, Oklahoma. They can just hit you so many ways offensively and they're very tough to, to guard. And Baylor was the one, you know, as, as much as been made about the Big Ten having a rough weekend, the Big 12 had a rough yep. weekend too. And, uh, Baylor was, and, and the programs that got out, Baylor and Michigan, probably their two most consistent programs right now. You know, this spotlight has ha- helped the Big 12 in a big way, but on your day-to-day basis, it's more football for you. How about the Pac-12 and what they're going to be able to do going forward? Larry Scott is going to be out. They're going to have a new commissioner there. It feels like maybe this can be the start of something for the conference as a whole, not just having Bill Walton high as hell and talking about the greatness of the conference, but but something that we could all actually get behind. <laughs> you know, I mean, Bill Walton, I, I always... Yeah, my dad always said he's the best college basketball player he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some truth to that. Yeah. So uh, what he says sometimes is <laughs> we can all have what Bill Walton's having sometimes. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's an interesting challenge from the football standpoint because they've struggled to market the conference. They've, they've You know, USC was undefeated in the final weekend of the season last year, and they were ranked 14th. Mm. So I think all of those challenges make it – 
you know, whether it's the noon kickoffs or just trying to get in voters' faces more. I mean, other than USC and Oregon, I don't think we know too much about the Pac-12 from a national standpoint. That's very true. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News uh, is our guest. Uh, Bill, let's uh, switch to football. I want to ask you about the quarterbacks that are going to hear their names drafted. Uh, For sure, I think four of them in the first ten, maybe five of them. Um, we, we know that, I mean, Lawrence is a lock and seems like Wilson's target ticketed to the Jets. Then it gets interesting. Is it going to be Fields? Uh, Trey Lance is moving up in some people's minds. But I want to get to you with Mac Jones because there's a lot of mocks out there that have him going to the Bears and there's a lot of Bear anxiety when it comes to quarterback. I get that. When you watched him, as an as the Alabama quarterback lead them to where he did, uh, knowing that he really only had only air quote uh, Smith the Heisman winner um, as opposed to the year before when Tua had Rugs and Judy and Waddle and Smith. Where are you on Mac Jones? Undecided, just because I mean, on one hand, you mentioned all the things he had a lot of good weapons to work with. On the other hand, he was probably the best Alabama quarterback they've had. I mean, even better than Tua in some ways, the way that offense just fully dominated the game last year and with the help of a pretty good play caller in Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, is he a franchise quarterback? I'm not sure. I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the only lock in that regard. And then you'll have questions about Fields, Wilson, Mack, Trask, Trey Lance. And um, I think I'm going to give Mac Jones a fair chance. I'm not going to sit there and just throw the game manager label on him when Everything he did at the college level this year was fantastic. I, uh, Bill, you love college football. Have you got into this spring football much at all with March Madness happening? I thought I would be watching more of it than I have. And outside of the opening uh, Friday night when you and I was in action, Northern Iowa, uh, playing there, just hasn't gained a whole lot of traction here, what I thought. How about you and your brethren in the college football landscape? Where are you at as you look at the spring schedule for the FCS? Well, I mean, work-wise, I've been pulled over to March Madness more, so right. I mean, that's where my attention has been. So it's been hard to, you know, try to watch as much football as you can. And I think as we get into spring football, we're just happy to have it. So, yeah, I mean, to, to be truthful, yeah, it's, it's been more of a college basketball month for me um, when we get into April and you kind of look at the transfer portal and who went where. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see what they do with the FCS playoffs. But, yeah, I'm sure I'll pay attention to those when they give a check yeah, I think that's probably the consensus, Bill. I mean, March Madness, we, we didn't have it last year, and it's yeah. such a dominant uh, factor on uh, on everybody's sporting calendar. I think, to, to, to kind of get back to Trent, like like Trent, I watched opening night, that Friday night, it was a perfect spot for it. Um, I think once once basketball is over, I think maybe we'll give it a try. As a country, a football fans, maybe they're not going to put up huge numbers, but I think that they'll maybe get more of the spotlight back. Bill, spring uh, spring football is uh, is underway. Um, what a couple of the storylines that you're watching? Maybe not underway everywhere, but certainly on the cusp of getting underway. Uh, what are some of the storylines? Sarkeesian at Texas has to be one. What are some others? I mean, that's one, obviously, new quarterbacks at the big programs and DJ Ungwelele, mm-hmm. uh, Bryce Young at Alabama, who wins that Ohio State job. I mean, CJ Stroud seems to be the favorite, but they've got some talented options behind him. And then kind of which programs are the party crashers? You know, two that stick out. I know my audience here. I mean, <laughs> Iowa State's a really interesting program yep. going into next year with everything they've got coming back. And that shows that those guys are kind of all in on a Big 12 championship run. Um North Carolina with Mac Brown and Sam Howe, are they going to make it interesting in the ACC, or is it still Clemson and everybody else? And then 
Oregon is the third that I think they remain very interesting in with a full season in the Pac-12. They may be able, may be able to pull off playoff berth. Going to be fun, Bill. Uh, with that, your Bobcats are done. Is Preston done too? Is yeah, he uh, off question. to the NBA? Well, I mean, we'll see. But I mean, I'm more worried about keeping Jeff Bowles. I mean, he's uh, the guy that was their coach um, when they had Gary Trent in the '90s, and they took on Bobby Knight's team in Indiana. Um, he's an alum, and we just we had that ride. I mean, that's what March Madness is all about. When you're you come from a Mac school and you get the. I mean, my kids saw me hit a different gear when Vanderplas <laughs> hit the back-to-back threes. I think my daughter was either, she was laughing, but she might have been terrified a little bit. <laughs> Understandably so. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, thank you. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Bill. Hey, no problem. Thanks, guys. Good Take to care. talk to you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Sportingnews.com. All right, David Kaplan kicks off our number two White Sox, Cubs, Bears conversation with Cappy. More college basketball with Rob Doster from the field of 68. Trent and I are with you until noon. And oh, by the way, the keyword coming up in about 25 minutes. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.